This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It is the first full day of spring, and it's not just in your head. It did snow less than normal this winter, and it was warmer. Chicagoland usually gets around 30 inches of snow in a winter, but this year the average was lower than 17 inches. Climate change is contributing to this, and if nations don't take drastic efforts to divest from fossil fuels immediately, we won't be able to s- slow global warming or avoid the worst climate catastrophes. And that's according to the new UN report that was out yesterday. So what are the side effects of a milder winter? And how is it impacting Chicago? Scott Collis, who's an atmospheric scientist with the Argonne National Laboratory, is here to fill us in. Welcome back, Scott. It's been a while. It has been, Sasha. Good morning and happy equinox. Happy equinox to you, too. Uh, So what did we see in January and February in, in terms of precipitation? Lay it out for us. Well, the, the funny thing is we actually saw a lot of precipitation. It, it just wasn't snow. It was actually quite <laughs> a wet uh, January and February. Um, so, for instance, just looking at February, we actually got, if you took all the snow and melted it down and added it to the rainfall, we would have had 3.83 inches of precipitation. That's nearly double our average precipitation of wow. 1.97 inches. But only 3.7 inches of that fell as snow, well below our 10.7 inches average for February. So I, I imagine that this makes your job just a little bit harder, Scott, because how do you measure snowfall when we don't get a lot of it? That's exactly right. We're actually at Argonne right now putting together instrumentation to deploy as part of the climate research, uh, sorry, uh, community research on climate and urban science project. And we've got all this instrumentation we're trying to test out on behalf of the Department of Energy, and we've been waiting for snow. And as you saw, we've actually had a couple of busted forecasts recently, uh, so we've actually had very little snowfall to actually measure. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons, from my perspective, it seems like there was way more sleet this year than actual snow that is sticking to our ground. Yeah, that's right. And so here's the thing about Chicago and snowfall and looking at climate change. You know, our average temperature in Chicago over winter, the average maximum temperature is around, you know, um, 31.6 in January and 35.7 in February. So, you know, that's right around that freezing level. So the thing about Chicago is that a small amount of climate change, a small loading of the dice can have a radical impact on just how much snow we get in winter. What about in terms of the temperatures? What did we see in our area and and how does it compare to historical data? So it was warm, a shock horror. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I will say this, right? It was also a lot of bad luck and this was abnormally warm even in the background of climate change. Our average high temperature for February was 42.2 degrees, which is six and a half degrees Fahrenheit above normal. You know, this rivals quite a few years in the past, but in looking at records, it still doesn't set records. One of our warmest years was 2017, and I pulled that up, and it actually didn't snow in 2017 at all. We had a a trace of snow at O'Hare, but no measurable snow at all in 2017. Really? This is exactly right. So this is an example of like one of those really radical years, but still not the warmest and most snow-free we've mm-hmm. had. And I want to be clear, when it is warmer, it can still snow, right? How does that work, though? That's exactly right. See, the atmosphere, is, it has layers. It's, you know, to use your favorite um, Shrek example, it's like an onion, it has layers. Um, the layer we live in, right at the surface here, um, can be a lot warmer than freezing. But if the temperature gets 
cooler quickly above us, let's say it decreases to well below freezing, you know, in 500, 1,000 feet, then it can actually snow, you know, almost as warm as, you know, 45 degrees Fahrenheit. But even at times when it's below freezing at the surface, if we have a warm layer of air above us, those snowflakes can melt when they go through that warm layer of air and refreeze when they hit the surface, leading to one of my least favorite weather phenomenons, freezing rain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you're not a big fan of sleet. I don't like sleet. I don't like freezing rain. I mean, just get it over with and snow and make it look pretty already. <laughs> Um, because I'm looking for uh, somewhere to point fingers, fingers at, Scott, <laughs> can we say definitively that this warmer, wetter winter, that it's caused by climate change? Who can I blame for this? Well, okay. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, yes, it's us. Yes, we can change it. But what we do is we change the odds. So climate is what you expect. Weather is what you get. What climate change does, the you know, the 2.5 degrees average temperature change we've already seen in winter in Chicago puts us on average above that, you know, average high temperature of um, 35 point, well, 31.6 in January, 35.7 in February. So it, it loads the dice. It means we are going to get less snowier winters and the more carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases we continue to put in the atmosphere will increase the chances of a snow-free winter as we move forward. So I mentioned earlier that damning uh, intergovernmental panel on climate change report. It came out yesterday. I'm curious your reaction to that main takeaway. It, it talked about how within the next 10 years, the world is going to pass the 1.5 degrees Celsius tipping point. So I think you can, depending on whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, you can look at this report in two ways. Yes, we are heading towards that number of you know 1.7 degrees Celsius or 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit, at which things really start to go bad quickly. You know, we start to see more melting of uh, ice caps, which actually leads to more extreme weather, putting more of that um, water vapor into the atmosphere, which fuels those thunderstorms. But reading into the report further, here's the key thing. It's us. And that actually empowers us in a way you can never imagine. We actually have the power to do something about it. And there are many technologies, many of which are actually researched by the Department of Energy, coming online, such as carbon capture and sequestration, solar, wind, hydro, which means that we can move away from these warming gases and actually do something about it. So do you think that we're going to keep seeing warmer winters with less snowfall moving forward? We will. Yeah, we will. There's already, you know, at least 1.1 degrees Celsius of, of carbon change. Uh, sorry, my, my bad. Climate change baked in. Um, so going, you know, it is not going to be as snowy, at least for, you know, the 40 years it actually takes that carbon to come out of the cycle to get um, buried in the soil, taken up by the trees and so forth. But really what matters now is, is how we change our energy mix uh, mm -hmm. going forward. So at least, you know, maybe not our grandkids, but uh, or maybe our kids, maybe our grandkids can see our return more towards normal if we make better decisions in the future. Yeah. I mean, and those those efforts that you mentioned uh, that we can do about this, I mean, are, are is there work in progress to combat that? There is. For instance, the Department of Energy has a series of research projects called Energy Earthshots. These are, you know, just kind of like the moonshot, putting a man on the moon, are looking for radically new technology to bring about 
um, technologies that can fuel offshore wind, for instance. Offshore wind, including off the shore of Lake Michigan, is an amazing resource where we can actually make really large wind turbines and get them a little bit taller because this is all talking before about how the atmosphere has layers. It's actually windy, windier up higher. Another technology that is being researched is something called carbon capture, which is using both natural technologies such as trees and plants, but also building mechanical systems that can actually suck in air, remove some of the carbon, and push out air that actually has mm. less carbon. Now, is sleet the new snow, Scott? <laughs> it, for Chicago, it's going to look more and more like it. Uh, there was a report done several years ago that looked at, with a changing climate, what areas we're going to become more like. And for Chicago, we're going to look more like the southern Great Plains, more like Kansas and mm. Oklahoma, where their dominant winter weather is sleet and freezing rain. You know, when you look at a city like Minneapolis, for instance, where it's so cold already, they're going to continue to get snowed. But because Chicago's wintertime temperatures sit around that freezing level and, you know, ice and water has this really funny behavior where it doesn't slowly go from snow to rain or to sleet. Mm -hmm. It goes bang. It changes quite quickly. And so that's why... Chicago in particular, the dominant thing we're going to see from climate change is warmer winters and less snowfall. And, and another potential cost of, of more sleet moving forward, it, it's bad for the trees, right? Bad for the trees, especially when we talk about freezing rain. Freezing rain can actually accrete, there's a fancy scientific word for saying stick to uh, tree branches and actually cause them to droop, snap, and drop. And that actually is a really bad form of severe winter weather because when they drop, they can disrupt power. Um, they can cause yeah, transmission you know, lines. damage. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. So we've got this mild winter. Uh, the ground didn't freeze deeply. Talk more about how this impacts plant health. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things about climate change, people can say the climate's been changing for a long time. They're right. It's the speed at which it's changing. When you have um, the climate changing over a period of decades rather than centuries or millennia, rather than see you know, adaptation, you see migration. So what we're going to see here in Chicago is, is more invasive species moving further north. And not oh, no. just plants. Yeah, exactly right. Not just plants, but, but insects and animals. And, you know, one of the things that um, I worry about with climate change when it comes to Chicago are things like vector-borne diseases, more ticks, mm. more mosquitoes, more West Nile virus, and more Lyme disease. No, Scott. <laughs> more mosquitoes. Yeah, more, and see, that's the thing. Everyone says, oh, great, you know, we're going to have a warmer winter. What's the problem with that? Well, there are problems with it, and one of them will be our buzzy friends at bringing some diseases that are much more associated with the south rather than the areas around Chicago. I see. Well, the snow that we did happen to get, it, it did melt really quickly this year. Uh, does that have a lasting impact? Well, let's talk about how come it melted as well. I mean, we got, as I said, at least 3.7 inches in, in February. And we got, you know, a reasonable snow, still below average in January of 9.9 .9 inches. But, you know, as you said, we never really had a deep freeze. And that's because yeah. when you look at snow, snow reflects a lot of the, uh, the sunlight's energy back out into space. When you've got a dark surface, like Lake Michigan, when it's not frozen, or like 
bare soil or grass in winter, it can absorb a lot more of that um, incoming yellow light and turn it into infrared radiation. And that actually is one of the things that led to our warmer than normal winter. And it's one of the reasons why global climate models, such as the ones run at Argon, show that the coldest places on the planet are warming the quickest. Mm. And what it will really mean for us, again, is that um, you know more of those insects, you know, one of the kind of good things is, or saving graces, we did actually get a lot of rain, so drought really won't be that much of an issue going into spring, but really just confused plants. My daffodils and crocuses are already up, and actually, while I'd love to see a little more snowfall, I'm really hoping we don't get a heavy snow as all the trees begin to leaf mm -hmm. out and all of our springtime plants sprout. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned all that instrumentation that you're surrounded by at Argonne there earlier. Quickly, what else are you keeping an eye on? So we have a new project which is funded by the Department of Energy where we're really looking at how climate change impacts the city of Chicago. If you look at, we talked about these climate models, Sasha, and the warming we're expecting to see, the, the resolution, the, the, the digital camera pixel size of those climate models is bigger than the whole city of Chicago, yeah. about 50 by 50 miles. So we're going to be instrumenting and simulating the city of Chicago to understand on a block by block level mm. how climate change is going to impact places like you know, West Woodlawn, Humboldt Park, Interesting. Chatham, and how our choices can actually exacerbate or ameliorate the worst impacts of climate change. Scott Collis from the Argonne National Laboratory. Thank you. My pleasure, Sasha.